What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to Good Dudes Grow 2.0. I'm your host, Gary Roberts. I'm pretty sure you've all heard of 23andMe, the DNA ancestry test kit. But have you heard about 23andWeed? Stay tuned and we'll talk more about it. Let me first start out by saying thank you to Podcast Powertrain for helping produce my show. These are the guys you need behind you if you're looking to start your podcast. Also, I'd like to thank Powered by Riverside FM. That's right. Our show is powered by Riverside FM, one of the best platforms to actually have a podcast on. So I'm going to have some links at the end of the show or in the show notes. Check them out. These are the two people that you need to get up, get with to make your podcast top 100. Good Dudes Grow 2.0 On the Good Dudes Grow 2.0 We're here to let you know The importance of plant-based medicine And psychedelics on mental and physical health We're bringing you stories of how these medicines Have changed lives And can save lives We want to teach you The healing power of plant-based medicine This is The Good Dudes Grow 2.0 What's up everybody? Welcome back to Good Dudes Grow 2.0. I'm your host, Gary Roberts, and I am here with the the man, the legend, uh, actually just somebody who actually I found on, on LinkedIn that was very interested in precision medicine. So I, I'm really excited to learn a little bit more about this. Uh, like you guys know, I'm kind of uh, creating something out in Costa Rica that's going to have some precision medicine involved. So we have the CEO and co-founder of EndoCana Health. It's a bioscience technology company that's also the parent company of EndoDNA, which is basically the precision medicine aspect of it. And I'm really, I'm just, we're just going to jump into it because I'm too excited to, to learn a little more about it. Because all I've done is read websites about it. Now I can actually talk and ask questions. So Len May, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, give us a little background and how you actually started in the cannabis industry. Yeah, well, thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me on. Uh, the way I started as a patient. Uh, so as a, as a kid, I would sit in class and uh, have all these different windows open in my head. And I was sort of daydream and teacher called me and I, I'm like, what? I wasn't really paying attention. So I was I was diagnosed with ADD and I was put on all kinds of prescription medication and some of it worked, but it all kind of sucked. Made me not have any emotions or feelings. So you just kind of uh, zombie alike. And I was hanging out with some older kids before class and they said if i wanted to smoke a cigarette with them i was like yeah sure man i'm gonna be cool and smoke a cigarette i never questioned why they only had one cigarette it was really weird <laughs> but they had one cigarette right so uh, we're standing around there's like four of us i think or five and are passing the cigarette around and it gets to me i take a drag and inhale because i dabbled uh, here and there and i cough i'm like that didn't really taste like a cigarette and I took another one and they're all laughing at me. So they ended up, you know, packing cannabis in the cigarette. But when I went back to class, the windows that I had sort of narrowed and I could focus. So for me, it became sort of my go-to medicine. I stopped taking all prescription medication. My parents would catch me. They would yell at me and all that other stuff. You're a druggie. And eventually it ended up that they kicked me out of the house. They actually called the cops to have me arrested. <laughs> uh, but the irony of this is they take uh, products and medicine that, uh, you know, I co our company created for them now. So it sort of came back full circle. Uh, but in, in, in my journey, I uh, became the president of the Cannabis Action Network. So I held a rally at Independence Hall. I'm from Philadelphia originally. I, I live in L.A. now. But I held a rally in Independence Hall in Philadelphia. My keynote speaker was this woman named Elvie Masika, who was one of the first people to get medically prescribed 
uh, by uh, the federal program, medically prescribed cannabis. And uh, she was speaking and she opened up her jar with a USDA label or a pre-roll joints uh, smoked. And I was like, wow, man, this is pretty cool. But at my house and uh, next morning, everybody stayed over and we got woken up to a loud crash. So Elvia happened to walk into a sculpture I had in my house and break into pieces. And the reason why is because she couldn't see. She had degenerative glaucoma and she was really blind until she medicated with cannabis and it alleviated her nerves and she could actually, muscles, she could actually see again. So it was my aha moment. I'm like, wait, this works for me for my ADD. This works for her for glaucoma. This has to be some sort of medicinal aspect. So I dove deep into that. Uh, fast forward, I got involved in the dispensary space. I was an owner operator of five dispensaries, but my, my challenge was always to find out why two people can consume the same cultivar and have a completely different experience. So I really thought it was the plants themselves. So all these names that were given these strains, quote unquote, uh, uh, you know, they really didn't make sense. So I started working on genetics of the plants, uh, sequencing the genetics of the different plants and looking to see what are they really. So what are we calling Blue Dream? We get five samples of Blue Dream. Maybe two of them are really identical genetically and the other ones are not. And the fifth one's not even close. So I got to work in the plant genetics and understand that really well. And then I started working, uh, the parent company, the company I was consulting with was a company that did pharmacogenomics. So they looked at different diseases, drug interactions, et cetera. And I really got into the human genetic side. And uh, then, you know, it was the, well, we have DNA here of the plant. We have DNA of the human. Why don't we bring those two together to guide people to personalized experience so they can mitigate possible adverse events. And that's really the goal. And that's how we launched Endo Canada Health in 2017. That's that's pretty, that's interesting. And that's kind of like the same vision we had. We're actually uh, in the process of uh, developing a five-star uh, all-inclusive psychedelic and cannabis uh, facility out in Co Costa Rica to actually treat patients, educate physicians, and also mm -hmm. do clinical research out there. And we said, you know, the old retreat model basically is like, we're going to give the same dosage, the same product to everybody. And everybody's supposed to have, you know, this aha moment. And some people are getting it. Some people aren't, like you said, it's like, how do we make sure that a, the product's safe B it's actually works for the person that's going on. And we says, well, let's dive into precision medicine. Cause if we can look into precision medicine, mm -hmm. it's a little more personal. It, it, you know, you have this sort of issue. We can actually see where the genetics come in. Why is that so important with the genetics? Tell people that, you know, I'm a little bit broader, but tell people exactly why genetics actually makes a big difference in the compounds that you're taking. Yeah. Well, your DNA plays a role. So the way I look at DNA, uh, we're born with our parents' DNA, 50% our mother, 50% our father. Some of the genes are sort of, if you think of them as on-off switches, some of them were turned on for us. So like, uh, you know, our eye color, our skin color, our hair color, but the other ones are genetic predispositions that we, with our lifestyle, have the power to turn on and off. And if we know this about ourselves, if we really understand where we want some things to be turned off and what we want to turn on. So to give it an example, if somebody has a predisposition to cancer, for instance, or some other, you want to make sure that genetic predisposition stays off. What do you do? Well, you can, uh, you know, you can nutrition, mindset, all these different things, right? And some of the other things you want to make sure it's turned on. In cannabis, uh, it's really interesting because, first of all, different cultivars and different types of 
cannabinoids, they create a different experience in general. So you have things that give you a little bit of a lift up, you have things that make you a little bit sleepy, et cetera. The terpenes and cannabinoids work together in concert. But for the individual, if you have a predisposition to anxiety or stress reactivity, et cetera, and you consume something that may not be aligned with you, well, you're going to exacerbate and turn on that uh, genetic predisposition and may have an adverse event. The other thing is uh, drug interaction. So you, if you're taking other prescription medications, et cetera, different medications interact. So that's the pharmacogenomics part of it. And you have to make sure that uh, one is not an inhibitor or inducer. And the third part of it is, is dosing. I mean, we go out and all medicine is like, you know, take two of these. And in cannabis, it was for years and years, we were like low and slow. And it talks about, you know, your weight, uh, milligram per kilogram. Well, my business partner is a much bigger uh, guy than me. He's taller. He weighs more. But if he and I take the exact same dose, he'll have a much more intense experience because he's a poor metabolizer. Right. And I'm a normal metabolizer. So understanding how you metabolize things is really important. And I would say, like, we're, we're doing whole genome sequencing now. So we're doing everything, your disease predispositions, vitamins, skin, everything else. It's not just about your endocannabinoid system, but measuring the efficacy and outcome is key. So not only getting patient reported outcome, but also uh, using biometric feedback, like with a wearable, like our Endolink device or other wearables, being able to track the efficacy of that certain protocol and see how it's working for individuals, where they can avoid those adverse events Machine learning learns what is the uh, what is the right type of protocol for a certain profile, and then we can get better predictive inferences. So, sort of archetypes, and that's sort of bookending the entire experience. That that's, that's that is interesting, and if I'm going to send you down a rabbit hole. This is just doesn't work for for cannabis. It, it works for because for those a lot of people out there, there's cannabis and hemp, even though most of us know it's both the same thing. But it all, there's no longer basically, you know. It's about how high THC is or how low THC is. Like you said, it's everything mixed together. So if we go into a realm of, let's say, first responders like myself who can't use the, the you know, the federally illegal THC, but can use the federally illegal low THC cannabinoids, we can still get this test and find out exactly which cannabinoids and which terpenes mixture we can actually use for, for the same thing, correct? Yeah, 100%. I mean, the, the test is not for cannabis. The test is for your endocannabinoid system. And I think once people understand that it is, we have this system in our bodies that is our primary modulating system. It gets signals from all your other systems. Its only goal is to create balance or homeostasis. And the way that it does that, it's by releasing endogenous endocannabinoids, ones that we produce ourselves. Uh, there's two, one called anandamide, the word anand means bliss in Sanskrit, and the other one is 2-AG. So drugs work like this in general. We consume a substance, uh, an exogenous substance. It binds to a receptor that we have and releases our own neurochemicals. So, uh, you know, like cocaine, for instance, if we're consuming cocaine, it actually binds to dopamine receptors and like squirts a bunch of dopamine. So we want the dopamine hit because we're dependent, we're getting addicted to that hit of dopamine. Well, with cannabis, when we consume THC, it binds to your CB1 receptor and releases anandamide. And that is where you get the euphoric uh, feeling. It also works as an analgesic pain reliever, works uh, 
with mental health, promotes appetite, et cetera. And then, uh, you know, 2-AG, uh, there's stimulation from CBD and your CB2 receptors, and that helps a lot with your immune, your digestive, inflammatory, et cetera. So being able to balance, and the terpenes are the essential oils, right? The essential oils are in all the different plants, but in cannabis, they work in concert with the cannabinoids to actually produce that effect. So when you get the right formulation of cannabinoids and terpenes, you're actually hitting those mutual receptor sites and you're secreting enough of where you may have a personal deficiency in. And it's unfortunate the first responders or other people are still, you know, have to uh, test for THC metabolite because, you know, you can consume a little bit of THC won't make you quote unquote high in a, you know, you're, you're not going to operate heavy machinery, but you're, it's okay for you to come back home and pop a bunch of pills and, you know, wash them down with a, uh, some whiskey. That's okay. There's no problem there. There's a, but, but to consume, you know, plant medicine, that's actually going to help that you're producing within your body. There's no, you know, you're not secreting alcohol in your body. You're secreting an andamite. It's really odd. But to answer your question, long winded way. Yes. Everybody can see where they may have some deficiencies in their own endocannabinoid system and then make a decision if they want to supplement with phytocannabinoids or other things to be able to get their body back in homeostasis. I think that's going to be a big, 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 uh, I'm not going to use selling point, but a big thing for first responders is understanding and educating them on the endocannabinoid system itself more than trying to educate people on the product of what it can do to that system. Because we explain that system and of course, firefighters and first responders and veterans, we're all about systems, you know, everything has a system to do something. So if we can focus on that system and what that system does and give the different options in the long run, I think that's gonna be a major, major, major breaking point for us. And I think precision medicine is kind of like the wave of the future. It's coming down to where it's a lot more, the efficacy is a lot better. Uh, like you said, dosing wise, it becomes a lot easier to figure out exactly what you use instead of, like you said, low and slow. And next, thing you know, people just stop because it's just so tedious and takes so long to just say, yeah, just, you know, this, this stuff don't work. You know, it, it's easier to get, to get faster results. So, uh, I'm excited that, do you see, uh, endo DNA coming out with any, uh, of, of, of that type of studies, uh, genome studies for the new trending psychedelics coming out because that that seems to be really taking off fast and almost leaving I hate to say it, cannabis like back backwards because they're doing a lot more studies with the government than they are in cannabis. Yeah. And I think the government forgot to water their plants and just said we're going to go this way. It's easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, great questions and there's so much that you asked in this. Let me see if I can tie this. <laughs> Number one is. We're involved in a lot of studies. We're in phase two clinical trial with Harvard Medical right now on some of the work they're doing. We published a study on something called cannabinoid hyperemesis syndrome. Uh, it's in PubMed. Uh, you can look up my name, Len May. I only have one published study, so it's easier to find. And then uh, there's a bunch of other ones with CU Boulder involved with, et cetera. Uh, we just follow a patent on a mental health test called NeuroDNA. So what it does, it looks for, so we never start with the substance. We start with the person. And what we look at treatment-resistant depression is what we're starting with. So there's a lot of people that have predispositions of treatment-resistant depression, but they still are prescribed uh, SSRIs and, uh, and benzos, et cetera, but it'll, we won't work for them. However, they will still get all the side effects. And with benzos, I had a guy on my show uh, a few weeks ago and he was addicted to benzos and one of the side effects and he was taking them for his OCD, ADD. And one of the side effects is suicidal thoughts. So the guy actually 
made two attempts, one of them successful, where he had to get resuscitated, et cetera. So I'm like, man, you know, am I feeling a little depressed or do I want to have suicidal thoughts? You know, we want to be really careful. And I'm not saying people don't need other, you know, right. uh, psychiatric medication, but we have to be really careful of that. So that's the first step. And on the flip side of that, we're looking at different psychedelics that may be more aligned with the individual based on genetic predispositions and the condition that they're diagnosed with, also looking at adverse effects. So to give you an example, uh, ketamine, right? Ketamine is legal and there's a lot of ketamine clinics and, you know, you're talking about your, your retreat, et cetera. And, you know, there's a couple of people that reached out to us to utilize our kits in, the, in their uh, retreats, one in Thailand, for instance, another one in Costa Rica. But one of the things in ketamine is uh, I was speaking to a doctor on the phone while somebody was yelling in the background that so she said, I'll call you back. When she got back to me, uh, I said, what was going on? She had, oh, somebody had a psychotic episode. I'm like, well, ketamine that happens. She goes, yeah, once in a while. So if we know in the, in, uh, in the beginning, right in advance, that they have a predisposition to psychosis or some of that, you can mitigate that with a beta blocker or as simple as giving them a little more attention, holding their hand, you know, being more engaged with that person. The, the, at the end of the day, if there are, I, I, I kind of call it sharp corners. It's like when you have a baby and you baby proof your home, you want to avoid those sharp corners. Well, if we know those sharp corners are there, we're empowered to maybe walk around them. Right. So that's the the reason why we do what we do. And in terms of government and psychedelics, see, cannabis has over 400 different constituents in it. Uh, pharmaceuticals are not used to dealing with all these different things. So they're not sure how to categorize it. If you look at pharma, what they did so far with epidiolics, there's only one product that is, you know, uh, approved by the FDA for childhood uh, um, epilepsy, Dravet syndrome. It's a, it's a single molecule. So they're trying to figure out with psychedelics, it's a single molecule, psilocybin, psilocin. You actually know what it is. But with cannabis, you're trying to figure out what are the different constituents. So I believe what's going to happen is we're going to have dual pathways. We're going to have pharma looking at two or three of these uh, molecules and how they uh, interact with a certain individual for a certain disease. And then we may have the nutraceutical type of market or the medical food market where you get all these constituents and you have them for maybe a certain supporting a certain condition. Like this is su supporting the same way we do vitamins and nutrients. Now, uh, you're not making a claim, but it supports, you know, better muscle uh, relief, muscle pain relief or something that it supports sleep or something of that nature. But it's really key to have this because of cons uh, consistency. So if I'm going, if I'm in California and I want to go buy a product in Pennsylvania, well, my product in California should be exactly the same as Pennsylvania and vice versa. And until we change that, we have major inconsistency on quality product uh, availability everywhere in the States. So that's, that's the reason why we need to make some of those changes to make sure that everybody has a consistent product everywhere they go. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Uh, Len, I appreciate you coming on my show. If people wanted to follow you and reach out to you, where, where could they actually do that? Well, our website is, uh, we have two endocannahealth.com, uh, endodna, uh, and I'm Len May, L-E-N-M-A-Y on social. I think Instagram is Len May DNA, but you can look me up. It's pretty easy to, to spell. Uh, I'm pretty active on responding to people's questions. So if anybody has any questions, uh, reach out to us anytime. And I'll just kind of end it uh, this way on, on my uh, part. DNA is sort of your, your, your starting point. 
It's not and a lot of doctors and the healthcare provider they're talking about epigenetic. And it's absolutely right. You need to measure the expression of your genetics to see how something is working for you. But in order to measure your epigenetic, you need to start with your DNA so you know what you have uh, or what your predispositions are. And that's the way that we're getting the whole full feedback loop. And there are uh, tests, different tests, and we'll be coming out with them as well to measure the efficacy. What happens on the cellular level if you really know what's working for you? So that's where we're moving into the future. Well, you know, on that, I've got one more more part to say, one of the biggest things that I envision is in I, for the research I have, I, I actually lost my daughter to an opiate overdose. This is where I started down this path. And then three months later, I lost my father. And a couple of months later, I lost a couple of firefighters to suicide. So this is, I'm trying to change the realm of why do we have to wait till end of life to get access to these medications. And I think yeah. the way you're describing it, the way I read it, the way I understood it, precision medicine and DNA testing can actually be more of a preventative medicine because you're able to see exactly what's going to happen. I hate to use the word the future, but what's going to happen if you do something to continuously do it. Uh, what we do normally as firefighters every year, we get it, we get something called a, a life scan. We get full body scan, full test, medical, physical, x-rays, stress tests, everything else to make sure everything from the head down works properly. My mentality is we have a lot of issues with the head, the shoulders up. Why can't we just one, you know, one time a year have that same check with either with either psychedelics or, or you know, uh, psychoactive therapy, whatever it has to be, just so that we don't get that buildup, so that we decide that taking our life is the only way out. And, I th and then that's that's basically my vision. And I think precision medicine and, and stuff that your company's doing is really going to help us an aspect of down the road to get to those uh, avenues. Yeah, and and just to uh, sort of piggyback on what you said, and uh, you know, I'm really sorry about your losses, and uh, I, I deal with veterans uh, all the time. And uh, my friend was telling me that during COVID, they had a lot of uh, suicides from the veteran community that they came back, and one of the things they started discovering is microdosing on psilocybin, and it saved a lot of lives. And it's you know, the head and body, everything is all interconnected. You know, whatever it is that you're putting out there, we can measure the thoughts for actually creating physical uh, changes in your body and to be able to look at what your predispositions are. You were talking to opiates. Well, somewhere, I don't know the exact number off the top of my head, somewhere one in four people have a genetic predisposition to opioid dependence. So if there's four of us in the room and we all take an oxy, one of us may be you know, dependent on that oxy right away. So you and I can have a different experience. Uh, say, okay, I didn't really like it. It made me feel weird. But somebody will say, shit, this is the greatest thing I've ever taken in my life. I want more of that. Forget my wife, forget my kids. So if you know this, same with alcohol dependence predisposition. If you know this about yourself, you're empowered with information to make decisions for yourself. You can also collaborate with your healthcare professional on what's the best treatment protocol if your healthcare professional knows this as well. And that's the way precision medicine with uh, healthcare practitioners are involved in that, that now it's no longer, hey, take two of these. Don't question me and call me whenever. It's why do I have to take two of these? And don't you see this? And what do you think about we try this? So your medic medicine becomes really a collaborative experience with your healthcare professional. I know we're going to leave, but I got another question. <laughs> I knew this was going to end on all these things that are happening. Go for it, man. So <laughs> what... 
with it with the precision medicine DNA testing, would that also work as you are on the product to see whether the product's being as you said that I think earlier, the efficacy of the product that you're taking. So you're still be able to take the tests uh, a few months later down the road to see if that product was actually doing what the initial test said. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, not not exactly correct okay. because what happens with people and the, you know we started talking about this covid uh, it's going to change my dna and all that stuff it's not dna doesn't work like that it, you change the expression of dna we have vaccines that are rna right so you have dna that's your uh, it's a program right and that message goes it's rna messenger rna it goes from cell to cell and sends a packet of message so your protocol whatever you're going to be consuming may change the messaging to turn something else on or off so the way that you measure that is biometric feedback so with biometric devices or Actually, there's uh, epigenetic tests that are available, which is something we're getting into in the near future with measuring methylation pathways. Methylation pathways are ways to be able to measure on a cellular level whether you turn something on or turn something off. And that way, you're going to be like six months down the line after taking a protocol. Let's come back. Instead of measuring your DNA, let's measure methylation or measure other things to see what the expression of that DNA looks like. And that's the way to completely book an experience and make it truly precision medicine. Maybe we should have had that DNA tested before everybody got the COVID shot. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, it's never too late. We're available. Contact us. Len, I appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, We're definitely going to stay in touch for sure. I'm going to put all your links of your, your websites in the, in the, uh, in the show notes, including your, your, your uh, IG information, everything else. Thank you so much. Very informative. I'm glad I had you on the show. I learned a lot. And like I said, We'll definitely stay in touch. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the show. And like I said at the beginning of the show, I'll have some links for you. So if you're interested in starting your podcast yourself, one of the best places to go is Podcast Powertrain. Right now, they're doing an, an amazing offer for all their course material. If you want to actually help get your uh, show ranked, all you got to do is go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash powertrain and you'll get all the information there. Also, if you're looking for a platform, not sure which platform to use to record your show on, Riverside FM is the one we use. You can also go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash Riverside, check them out and you will not be disappointed. Again, thank you for all listening to the show and we will see you. Well, we'll see you, but... Good Dudes Grow 2.0 Thank you for tuning in If you're still listening to this That means you gained something out of this episode So make sure you share it with a friend Leave a review and subscribe So you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Grow 2.0